This episode of This Black Girl Podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is a super easy app that allows you to create, record, and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer, distribute it so it can be heard across multiple listening platforms, allows you to make money with no minimum listenership, and have everything you need all in one place. Plus, it is absolutely free. So to get started today, just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to this Black Girl Podcast. I am only one half of your host today. Um, Lola, aka Ola dot Miss dot Lola, and I am accompanied by a very special guest, a friend of the show, who we know as the Mister. And the reason why I have included this lovely person into our show today is because I am a cisgendered woman. (laughs) And the topic that we will be discussing today is men and feelings. As this month is Mental Health Awareness Month, I also wanted to talk about you know, men, and I wanted to include men's mental health, which obviously I can't really and truly speak to as I do not have experiences as a man. So I wanted to bring in somebody who is a man who can definitely talk about this and kind of expand on it more. Um, I'm very lucky that this lovely mister of mine um, also is a highly emotionally intelligent man who's very... Uh, for the most part, familiar with his feelings or fifis, as he likes to call them most times. Yeah, uh, you picked you picked someone good to come on here and talk because I am a man, and I definitely have a lot of feelings. <laughs> okay, so um, I want to ask initially. Yep. Uh, growing up, you always hear, at least from my end, a lot of like. Like, I grew up being called a crybaby a lot, personally. Same. <laughs> okay. But I was always told and shown, like, with my my brother, for example, like, come on, be a man, don't cry, da-da-da-da-da. And a lot of times it's kind of been demonstrated to me that men are expected to just kind of, like, shove down and swallow their feelings. So I wanted to ask, like, how did it feel being aware of your feelings and did you ever feel at like when did you feel it was an appropriate time or space for you to kind of express them um that's a tough question like it's hard for me to think back and answer something so specific like that mm-hmm. um i definitely were growing up uh being called a mama's boy a lot i definitely cried in school before which gave me a reputation um, especially in like younger, like elementary stuff, mm-hmm. I got bullied a lot more. Um, yeah, in high school, I got mostly left alone, and I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice, but that's also when I started really getting into art, and probably a big reason why I got into art in the first place was because I didn't have a super great. I didn't have a super great way of expressing my feelings. Um, and putting that, 
like, I don't know, art's weird and complicated. Like, on one hand, you want to be, it's not necessarily just, like, a fully personal expression. Mm -hmm. Because you're not, it's, like, at least in my opinion, like, good art isn't just purely a personal expression. It also has to, like, communicate something and be relatable. And so, it was a way for me to try to, like, put feelings out and also be seen. But kind of in, like, a more, like, stealth generally acceptable kind of way okay and now i guess like the most the the most i guess feelings quote-unquote feelings um that i saw in men most times that i felt not i don't want to say i feel but that i guess society viewed as like acceptable nine times out of ten was like anger yeah, that's definitely... Like, thing. I feel like that was the only appropriate expression of feelings that men ever got out. So, like, my question to you is, growing up, like, were you an angry... I don't want to say angry child, but, like, angry child, angry teen, because maybe that was the only feeling you were allowed to have? Um, I was definitely luckier in that regard. Um, I had, like, a... Pr- growing up, I had, like, a pretty distant father. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like didn't even though we lived in the same house we like didn't talk a lot Okay. and so I feel like I was kind of spared some of those lessons like feel, looking back I never really felt like my feelings were like repressed mm-hmm. but I definitely know people would like make fun of me for feelings or whatever mm-hmm. Um. so I don't know if I was necessarily an angry kid but definitely because of like my family situation growing up and all that uh, I definitely had like a like a big rebellious streak especially in high school okay you know like problems with authority that kind of thing yeah and it really manifested in something that got me into like anything that got me into like a lot of trouble right mostly i would be like pretentious and try to act like i'm smart and like read a lot of philosophy and stuff like that okay so you like overcompensated with other things i mean i guess so I mean, I, I still have an interest in philosophy, so I don't know if I so much overcompensated. Well, it's an overcompensation that became an interest. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Um, I don't know. Like, I... In in a lot of ways, like, it's hard to pinpoint out what, like, some of the things you're talking about because it's just, it's not overt like that. Like, it's a much more subtle system. Okay, well, at least for me, especially with, like, being known as, like, the crybaby and stuff, I was told a lot of times to stop crying for everything, get over it, suck it up, and, like, being older now, it kind of feeds into that trope of being, like, strong, independent black woman, like, you can deal with it, you can, you know, you can handle anything that gets thrown at you and stuff like that, because... For the most part, like, I was raised by a single mom, so it's just kind of like, I don't want to say she wasn't expressive, she was very, a very expressive woman, but she kind of had this, um, almost like time and place kind of thing, so when I had feelings, uh, especially of anger, like feeling upset about anything, I feel like I didn't always have the tools to communicate how I'm feeling as well as I do now like right. in my grown grown ass self <laughs> I mean like yeah I, I definitely under I definitely get that I don't know I guess the difference for me is that like 
I dodged a lot of this kind of stuff just because, like, my parents are pretty neglectful. Like, they fought with each other a lot, and they yeah. didn't really want to, they didn't really involve themselves in me and my sister's life that much. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, like, I definitely remember, I have lots of memories of, like, going to summer camp. Because, um, like, my background's Polish. I went to Polish Scouts growing right. up. They have like a two-week thing there. It was actually pretty cool. Um, like looking back at it now, like I'm glad I went. Yeah. Um, but when I first started going and I was young, yeah. my mom would come up too and she would volunteer to like cook for all okay. the kids at the summer camp. So there was like our little like camping thing and there was like a little cabin. We'd go up like around the cabin. Yeah. The, the one cabin there and they had like a kitchen in there and she would cook stuff and then we'd all eat it. So like I had a bad reputation of being a mama's boy because like, my mom would show up. There. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely like a thing for me, but like, I never really had like, you know, like a dad telling me to suck it up or like how to deal or like, like I also didn't know how to deal with my feelings, but I really had like no instruction about it. You know what I mean? So it's not like I didn't, when I first went to art school, people would, there was like a joke going, there's like a classic joke or whatever that like your style is just a mistake you keep fucking making and it's uh-huh. and it's so and in some ways i feel like it's similar like that like i didn't really have anybody teaching me mistakes yeah so i had a bit more of like a cleaner slate growing up and going into the stuff i went to i definitely like yo shout outs to bob ross and his <laughs> artist license and giving me a lot of cover with that yeah um you know especially like like very shortly after high school or like mm-hmm. somewhere in high school I really started identifying more as an artist and like mm-hmm. going with that and, and, and pursuing that and like now I do art professionally or whatever but I kind of jumped into the art game late because yeah. I know a lot of people like they start drawing very young and I started drawing like 16 17 right um well um I guess, like, for myself, if we were drawing comparisons, like, I struggled a lot with, um, I struggled a lot with confrontation and boundary setting. That was, like, a big issue to me. So, like, I ended up having a bit of a reputation that, like, oh, you can be nice to Lola, but, like, when she's mad, like, she gets mad. And then I, I like, like, I will, I was normally the person that would put up with a lot of shit. Like, oh, okay, that's fine. Oh, okay, that's fine. Until it wasn't. And I just couldn't go on anymore. And then I would, like, erupt and become, like, this mean, angry, confrontational, um, I hate to use the word violent, but it is what it is, violent individual who would, you know, be very aggressive with like once those people have pushed past their boundaries but now that I'm older I can understand it's like if you don't establish those boundaries how do people know when they've crossed the line yeah right so um I don't know I feel like a lot of the times sometimes people had to tiptoe around me because they didn't know how to properly explain things um But, like, I don't know, for me, I feel like having that kind of understanding definitely came to me in, like, my 20s. Like, probably even my mid-20s. So now I have, like, this weird aura of, like, I'm cool. 
but but like at the same time I'm not afraid to put somebody in their place and be like "Uh uh-uh we don't do that around here or I'm not cool with that and I couldn't I can like immediately kind of shut something down and if somebody wants to keep pushing it then like yeah I'll take you there yeah I definitely think one of the most important lessons that I wish like people could learn is that like in almost any any situation you always have the power to remove yourself Right. You're never, you're never, there's very few times where you're actually forced into a confrontation. But it's funny because the way you're talking about it is like, I, I guess like I never really got into these altercations or whatever. Like I had a pretty chill school experience, I think because I had the opposite. Like my parents were so in their own stuff that like day to day I couldn't tell what was going on with them. Uh-huh. And so like I never felt like I really had like a safe space. And yeah. so I ended up like not talking about feelings a lot yeah. or talking or, or try like, luckily I had outlets or whatever, you know, and like the internet was a great place to, I de- like, yo, I know 4chan is a fucking toxic cesspool, but also 4chan got me through like a lot of really dark nights, Yeah, you know, and just like, even just there would be days where like I would go on there and look for like ball threads you know what those are no it's just for people to share like really sad stories and you just cry and that's (laughs) it okay I mean I I kind of can relate in the sense of feeling like not having a safe space at home because I love my mom she's done a lot but I also feel like she has um she has a tendency to kind of police what you should and shouldn't do and what is perceivably acceptable and unacceptable so it was just kind of like I didn't want to get policed for my feelings or for my thoughts sometimes so I just wouldn't share them now things have gotten better I can kind of because again I know how to better communicate I can kind of communicate things for for the most part very clearly and succinctly enough so that like she has some sort of understanding of where I'm coming from, even if she doesn't agree. It's funny to me how we have so many, like, parallels but opposites because, yeah. like, I feel like my relationship with my family, like, the difference is I've gotten more bullish. And yeah. now I'm at a point where, like, I'm more able to express my feelings and what I'm feeling. Yeah. And whatever their react And, like, it, it, like, successfully, I feel like I've been able to flip the dynamic a lot where a lot of time it was, like, they would fight, mm-hmm. they would feel something, and then me and my sister were forced to react, and now I feel like I'm the one who's usually driving things, mm-hmm. and, like, they're reacting to me and where I'm at. Gotcha. Um, which is more where I want to be, because, like, that's... I'm not necessarily saying that's, like, a good thing for everybody, or, like, a good thing for every relationship. Yeah. But in this one in particular, it tends to be the opposite, right? So mm-hmm. it's good to, like be able to like counteract like natural forces yeah or like the 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 way that relationship was in the past like that that relationship's history that's fair it's good to have like a counterweight okay well i want to pivot away from parents but and kind of kind of face it more towards relationships just because i feel like i i didn't really start understanding or wanting to, or trying to understand men's emotions until I was definitely like a woman in my 20s. I just kind of felt for a long time, it was just like, especially when you're in a type of relationship or some type of, any type of relationship with like 
a boy is just like you talk about certain stuff but like you never really ask ask them like how are you feeling or like you know like are you good like where the way that you would or at least I would like talk to my girlfriends hey how's things going how are you feeling what's going on like I don't know I feel like I I only really kind of started going into that like when I was in my 20s um specifically with one particular boyfriend because he god bless his heart um he kind of started like opening up without me really prodding for it and just kind of telling me certain experiences and how he felt about it and like um you know what motive what drove certain behaviors due to certain things happening to him and i was just like wow like you know um this is like so deep like i've never had this type of experience before so did you feel the same way in terms of relationships with women did were you over emotional with women did you try to like put up a wall so that they wouldn't think that you're that you're like perceived as weak or whatnot um honestly like the thing with me in relationships is just that I never had any luck with them um up until I was like way older yeah so we're talking about like those developmental stages like uh-huh. women just made me sad because like I've always been a person who's like a hopeless romantic and I just like couldn't and and the thing that like you know i think a lot of people understand and accept the idea that like as a man i can't understand certain things with a female experience yeah but the dirty secret is that it goes both ways and there's like like one of the worst parts about that i've heard Uh about being a woman is that like there's a lot of like unwanted attention Right, Accurate. like people, like if you go in, like if you go into a room, like it or not, people want to look at you, people want to judge you, whatever. And so, like women can, like, just almost never have the experience of just not being looked at and feeling like you're just like screaming into a void, and no one cares. Like absolutely no one. Like you could go, like I would like sign up on Tinder and uh-huh. spend like two, three days on there, get yeah. like swipe my brains out. Right. right literally get to the point where tinder's telling me like hey there's like no one in your area that you haven't seen and have zero matches and just get super depressed and just fucking uninstall that thing oh that makes me sad you're so fine <laughs> oh thanks baby but i'm just saying like that's yeah. like that kind of experience like i'm not saying like there's not dangers that women face that men don't face as much in dating Mm -hmm. but like a lot of those risks can be mitigated like if you never go on a date with anybody and just chat with people on tinder yeah you still get the big benefit of having people like tell you you're attractive be interested in you the interaction even if it's just because they want to sleep with you they at least give you the time of day and a lot and people don't understand that like men like especially like men that are deemed unattractive can literally get the time of day from nobody like they're literal ghosts walking around like we're talking about incels and shit it's Mm -hmm. like the reason they're raging out so bad is because that's the only way they can get noticed and also like what we're talking about like with with like anger and all that yeah like they they have they're upset and they're upset because they're not being seen Uh and so they act out in the one way they know how to act out in a big way and that's mad 
so well, that they can be seen. Well, here's the thing. I okay. I I I get it, but I slightly disagree. And I only disagree because based off of the stereotype of incels, it seems as though like they have like they like what they quote unquote like. So usually it is uh, like as they are commonly discussed or described as like, you know, overweight, neck beards, they, they don't shower, they don't cut their hair, they don't you know, maybe present themselves in a attractive sense of the word. And then they want somebody who is, you know, um, extremely beautiful, gorgeous hair, perfect physique, perf like every, like a very unrealistic standard of women. So even if there is someone who's like remotely attractive, if they don't fit into their quote unquote type of ideal woman, they're also not giving them time of day, but then they're also upset. Like, why don't all these beautiful supermodel looking women are interested in me? No woman will love me. I hate women. They fucking suck. That, like, that's the impression that I've always gotten from incels. So it's like... I feel like that's just as unfair of a stereotype as incels give out to women. Like, no, not I all agree. women, not all women are cheating. Not all women are just at it for the money. Right. Not all women will drop you at the... Not, you know what I mean? Right. Like fuck man like if i was born at a different time i would probably be considered an incel because mm. for a long time like i just I, I was involuntarily celibate like shout outs that's what it means yeah and like i was very upset you know sh like i read some good philosophy when i was in high school because i was poking around mm -hmm. and i didn't under i didn't nearly understand sartre as much as i thought i did Mm -hmm. But I did understand it enough to, uh, to get the point that, like, you can't, you have to understand that, like, even if you're going to go call someone smart, yeah. it's on some level dehumanizing. And you can't go around negating people's experiences like that. Because right. as soon as you put a label on somebody, you have a preconceived notion of what they are, how they're going to act, all that shit. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the again well, the impression I'm just, that I'm just saying that I know that I've was of. I'm just saying that I know that was I was in a vulnerable position. Yeah. And I was very sad and I was very upset and I didn't understand why women didn't like me and I felt ugly and I felt rejected. Yeah. Like I was on 4chan. I could have a hundred percent fallen to those forums. Right. There was nothing special about me that kept me away from it. Right. If, if anything, it's because I lucked into reading the right stuff in high school to make me not want to do that kind of stuff. Fair enough. Shout out to education. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, I just didn't feel right. Like, I also, although I understood, although I felt, like, rejected uh -huh. and I was very upset, yeah. I also knew that I couldn't blame any single individual person. And I also think that, like, the description of incels previously is, like, I feel like, A, people don't know what they want. So when people say, I can't get, like, I want this, I want that, like, mm -hmm. a lot of the, I'm, I'm like, I, I know for 100% fact that, like, 80% of these guys yeah. would just settle with, like, a girl who's, like, you know, just cute. Um, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, girl. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they would, like, whatever, like, you know, maybe yeah. if they were, like, overweight or whatever, but also, yeah. like, incels also just look like dudes right like they're not like yes there's definitely like fat people who are like all the stuff you're talking about these people definitely exist yeah. yeah but also like there's a lot of men that get serially rejected 
and right. find themselves in the wrong part of the internet mm-hmm. and had their shit channeled in unfavorable ways. Well, um, well, I, I definitely agree because, like, you know, men are not a monolith either. Um, although and, you will hear me a lot on this on this show say like men are trash and kind of generalize. Like I say that in a general way. Um, do I believe it wholeheartedly? No, because I know not all men are trash. There's a lot of like things that have been poorly taught, poorly learned, poorly executed, which kind of have accumulated that overall sentence in life. Um, but I definitely can relate to that whole feeling of just like, even in high school, um, I always felt like I was the awkward black girl in school because, you know, the school was majority white people. We had people of color, but like, I grew up in the suburbs and I grew up like around mostly, um, mostly white people. And I was friends with a lot of white people. So like, I definitely felt awkward because like, I didn't fit in with the black people at my school. They thought I was whitewashed. I didn't quite feel I was fully into, like I felt like like the odd person out with, with like my white friends because I felt like I was the token black friend you know, a lot of times growing up. And um, I definitely felt that singe of rejection because like I was, I was very tall, very tall. I was kind of scrawny, even though I had a fat ass back then. Um, But um, a lot of times where I would see um, friends, acquaintances, um, people who I guess would be considered compared to how I looked then as like I guess society now would have looked at me back then and looked at my friends and would have perceived me perhaps as like the more attractive friend but I couldn't pull I couldn't get guys like I I felt I felt like a loser a lot of the time and I felt like I wasn't maybe pretty enough or whatnot with how I looked I mean like I definitely think that like it's a relatable feeling, but also I just want to like, I don't know, this is like me, like my fucking philosophy is showing, right? Like I want to stress that like you don't know because we're not talking about like, it doesn't feel like you belong in a friend group. We're talking about like, nobody's your friend. Like a lot of these specifically with like incels and stuff. A lot of these people are people who are lonely and don't have a lot of shit going on. Yeah. And that's fair. That's fair. Like, I, I'm thankful enough to say, like, growing up throughout all of my years of, like, elementary school, high school, university, yeah. I was able to make friends, have friends. Like, I, you've met them. Like, I have friends that I've been friends with since kindergarten. Yeah. You know, that I'm thankful that I'm still friends with to this day. I have high school friends that I'm still friends with. I have university friends that I'm still friends with. And... I'm definitely thankful for that. Um, You know what's funny? Yeah. I have one friend from elementary school that I still talk to. Uh Uh-huh. And then literally everybody else, even if we went to the same high school, I was not friends with them in high school. Interesting. Same here. I don't talk to any of my friends from high school. I've got... Really? Yeah. I've got exactly... Well, with the exception of one who I knew back from elementary school. Yeah. Well, like, okay, I have... And and even even then, like, I... Because of our history, I would call him a friend still. Uh-huh. But the truth is, like, 
we kind of hang out when other people are hanging out. Yeah. And we don't talk a lot. Like, right. sometimes I try to reach out to him, but he's just one of those people that, like, he's not really plugged into his mm-hmm. phone as much. He doesn't check it as much. He's not responding. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I have friends. I have friends like that, too. Like, the friend that I'm, I've been friends with since kindergarten, I have, like, maybe two, two of them. And, like, we don't talk every day. We don't talk every month. Sometimes we don't talk every year. But, like... You know, if we're having a function or I come across them on Facebook, we will, we'll, like, we don't, in that kind of virtual realm, we don't pass each other without saying hi. Yeah. And, like, in terms of my high school friends, I literally have one friend that I have regular communication and, like, regular for us is, like, every once in a while. But it's not anything that there's any ill feelings. It's just when we talk, we talk. When we don't, there's it's all good. And then high school friends i probably have like maybe a couple ish well i mean i want to underscore on some of this that like part of the thing too is that i'm also a person who's not into social media yeah like i have a few accounts here and there but like the only thing i really fuck with is instagram and it's because yeah. i basically heavily curated it to only show me fashion architecture and art yeah you use it as like <laughs> a uh a, a inspiration board kind of situation yeah that's that's pretty much what i gravitate towards yeah. and i don't really like follow a lot of stuff i guess the only real celebrity i follow i follow all drag queens yeah shout out to rupaul's drag race it's a great show love rupaul yeah well love the show fair enough rupaul i can take a leave oh okay well we won't go there (laughs) (laughs) but like i found i don't know i feel like i i was lucky enough to meet a lot of the friends that i do have outside of like school um a lot of like a lot of my friends i would consider like very close friends like very close to my family and stuff like that are friends that i did not meet in school Mm or friends i met outside of school and we've made efforts to like you know, really have that good, strong friendship, and I'm thankful for them, and I appreciate them. But um, I, I, um, I don't know. I just feel like I never, until I guess more recently, now ish. I want to say since okay, since I was maybe 24, so almost 10 years ago is when I actually started like honing in on the fact that like bro, you should ask your guy friends, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, what's going on? Because um, I will, I will just, okay, story time. <laughs> um, my, one of my ex-boyfriends, the one that like kind of made me aware that like men have feelings too, we would always like, our thing to do was like, go out, hit the bars, party sometimes, drink, lots of drink. And one day he kind of was like, oh, the reason why I drink so much is because back when he first started university, he had a guy friend. Trigger warning, by the way, because we're talking about uh, rape and suicidal thoughts and suicide. Okay. So um, this friend... He had a friend in university. He wasn't super close, but they were still pretty good friends. I wouldn't say best friends, but they were close. And they used to live in the dorms together. And they went out to one of the school pub nights. I'm not listing the school. Um, They they were having fun at the pub night, hanging out, doing whatever. The friend met a girl. 
they were all drinking, whatever. The friend met a girl, brought the girl back to the dorm room, and they started hooking up. During that hookup and when they were having sex, the girls, like, the girl did what they did and then left and then later on accused him of rape. Mm. Now, obviously, I don't want to victim shame any victim because, you know, rape is wrong, period. Um, and I can't speak for an experience I was not there for, but this guy was definitely taken aback by the accusation and he started freaking out because he thought this was going to ruin his life like he like he would have never rape a woman blah 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 one second quick tip for the men if you're worried about this or whatever just have them text you and that way no that way you know that you had consent in the moment and they can't go back on it it's not your word against theirs it's their word against theirs but here's okay we'll we'll talk about consent afterwards because like I, that's a tricky thing um but he obviously was very devastated by this and the friend ended up ending his own life damn and it really rocked my ex like rocked him to his core and that was it kind of explained his slight drinking problem because he like i i already knew to drink in moderation sometimes i would test those limits and i'd pay for it with a hangover but like i've never really drank to where I'm blackout drunk or I don't remember what happened or I don't know what happened or anything like that. Yeah, so, that shit scares the shit out of me. Right. Whereas, like, he kind of pushed those limits a lot. Yeah. And so that kind of explained where, like, why he was at where he was at and kind of explained his, like, reasonings. And that really surprised me just because it's like, wow, like, I didn't realize experiences can affect men like this. You know? And it just made me see men more as like a person even though like i already know they're people but like it just made me see men more as like damn like you know and kind of pivoting back to that whole consent thing <coughs> consent although it can be given freely can also easily be taken away so although she can in theory text you like yeah I consent to us having sex she can also withdraw the consent at any time so that's where I'm like eh, it's kind of tricky because like you know things things happen and so. yeah but if if you're if you're talking to somebody and they're chill and you can take 30 seconds to do it and maybe cover your ass just do it I guess I don't disagree with anything you're saying yeah but I don't want to get into a philosophical debate about consent I'm just saying that, like, as a quick tip. Yeah. For somebody, it's a, it's a nice thing to have just in case. Fair enough. That's all. But, like, kind of going into this consent and talking about feelings, this is kind of where even this episode stemmed from. So we were watching that clip from Catfish. Yeah. Where this guy met a girl online. He got his number from, like, another, uh, a mutual friend of theirs. And they were talking for a while. Um, he was very interested, very invested. But, like, they would never be able to meet up. And so, eventually, you know, Neve, the catfish master, was able to connect them. And it turns out that it was actually the mutual friend that was catfishing him. And there was no actual girl. Um, he had a very good impression. Yes. It what was, was it was a, uh, a gay man who would put on or impersonate a girl's voice to make this man, this other guy who is a straight man, believe that he was talking to a woman. 
Um, and it rubbed me the wrong way just because now with like my awareness of men and feelings and with this whole stupid culture of guys having to claim that they're super straight and all of this like transphobic nonsense, it made me upset because it's like there are certain individuals in the LGBT and gay spaces that are making it unsafe for others by, you know, manipulating people into believing that they're in a situation that they otherwise wouldn't consent to be in. Right, but I mean, I think it's also important to remember mm-hmm. that like the kind of people who are going to use this as ammunition, right. 99% of the time are looking for ammo in the first place. Because like, here's, here's the thing, like if you really truly want to accept somebody, mm-hmm. like of course there are sociopathic gay men. Of, of course. Of course there are murderous gay men like they're they're just as capable as evil as any other person agreed agreed 100 percent. and and but to i take o- that from them is not great it's you know but it's, it's just yeah. like i feel like it's stories like these that are amplified so much True. in like you know cis men spaces that like they like has i don't want to say has created this backlash because i'm not trying to take blame away from the mistakes of cis men as well but like i feel like these stories get amplified and then that's why sometimes there is so much um violence towards not only gay men but also trans women because of this notion you know i mean i agree with you but i think that like where i have disagreement is yeah the way that it forms right like the important thing is to teach men that you don't need to police masculinity like that. I you don't agree. Need to, you don't need to enforce toxic masculinity like that. Because the thing is, like, that's just the flavor of the day. That's just a tactic for now. And, like, it's not like you could take away all these instances uh-huh. of, like, let's call it what it is, sexual battery. Right. Because a gay man wants to sleep with a straight man who's clearly not consenting. Right. But, like... Those are those are always going to exist, and they're but, amplified because it's a tactic, and it's a tactic because men are taught to police masculinity. Um, yes, I agree, but I also feel like it's also due to a fact that a lot of men aren't encouraged, or aren't. Um, it's not considered masculine if we're talking about policing masculinity because women do this too, where it's like. They don't want to be perceived as less than a man. They can't wrap their feelings around it. They don't know how to express their feelings. The only feeling they know how to properly express is anger and violence. Well, they don't so, even know. They don't even know how to properly express that. Let's be honest. Because no, like I punch, agree. punching a wall is not the proper way to express it. No, for sure. I definitely, I definitely don't agree. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like if if a man who properly understood not only his masculinity but his feelings around his himself as a man for example would not feel as uncomfortable having um relations a relationship or interest in a trans woman i'm not saying that's the whole thing because that in itself can be a whole topic but i'm just saying like that's that's kind of like woman like i think to myself as a woman like damn if men understood that like you know trans women are women and can understand that like just because they were born in a different body doesn't make 
you interacting, desiring them, finding them beautiful as a woman, like, less of a man. I mean, like, yeah, but it's like, I mean, here's the rub of it, right? It's like, um, porn sites are always, the top hits are always involved trans women. Yeah. A hundred percent. They're so, they're extremely popular in private circles. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't yeah. know if they necessarily have a problem with accepting them as women. I think that, again, the real problem is that, like, they they feel like being with them is going to hurt their machismo and make them less of a man. And it again comes to policing masculinity again. Well, and, and, well, I agree. I definitely agree. It has some aspect. I'm just talking about the feelings part of it, you know? Because, like, that's, that's kind of the theme. Like, because I also believe that, like, women has a role to do with it. Because when you're thinking of a male partner, very rarely, and I say this just with insight of, like, my friend circle and like what I've grown up seeing is like you never talk about what you desire in a man and his feelings like you 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 talk about oh I want a man that is you know strong and built and has money and can do all of these things like I've heard girls that say like I want a man who can build me a house they never talk about like I want a man that when I'm upset can like hug me and make me feel better You know, like I hear of a guy, like I hear of girls saying like, oh, I want a boyfriend who can buy me nice things. Never necessarily like, oh, I want a man who like I can, I can, um, you know, I can do nice things with or I can do like, I can go and get pedicures with. Because, you know, even though they think like it just, it seems as like, less than or is weak or metrosexual like i i always hear girls saying oh i want a man that can make me laugh not necessarily a man i can laugh with i mean i um i'm being very bad at at, like talking being on a podcast Um, (laughs) i had something i wanted to say but i lost it damn it it's okay Um, um i don't know i just find that like when you even even when you're discussing like oh you know um like even when we first started dating and I would tell people be like yeah you know like they'd be like oh describe you to me or describe you to them and I'd be like oh you know well he's tall he's handsome you know he's he's more of a sensitive guy and then like people give me an eyebrow like what do you mean and it's like well, fuck, doesn't men have feelings? Like, you know? And, like, I have some friends who I'll say, like, cute things or, like, we'll talk about something that, like, made you cry one day and then people will be, like, like, they'll be either be, like, oh, like, that's so sweet. Like, that's so nice that you have somebody like that. Whereas, like, I have other friends that'll be, like, yo, what the fuck's wrong with him? And... I mean, I definitely feel wild. like... I definitely feel like women need to own up to more of their role in this kind of thing. Because yeah. it's, like... I even, I even, like, think back to, like, seeing stuff on the internet where it's, like, just a picture of some, like, dudes getting, like, a pedicure and a massage. And women are like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, to be pampered. And it's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like people need to, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that people conflate that are actually just, like, human needs mm-hmm. that they don't want to ascribe 
to the other gender. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Well, okay. Well, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this up. So my final question for you is like, what would be considered three things that a woman or a person can do for another man that they feel would be like appreciated and, and like when I say like things that that like a girl or a woman or a person can do for another man like I don't mean just like me for you but like what could you think of for like even with your your guy friends like what do you think that like three things that a, a person their partner somebody who's interested in them could do for them that would be like a nice gesture that is just like I know like I know you're a man and I know you have feelings therefore I know you'll appreciate this uh find out what they like and then buy them stuff around that (laughs) I, I I I don't know I don't know what to tell you because it's like obviously men all appreciate different things like there are some men that the thing you should do is buy them some nice clothes and not because like you think they need to upgrade their style because that's what they like Right. You know what I mean? With some guys, it's like they, if like they're playing magic, mm-hmm. at least try to learn it. Right. Give it a shot. You know, like I, I know personally, I always really appreciate when girls I, I went out with. Yeah. At least, like, I love Magic the Gathering. It's a great game. I liked it when people at least gave it a shot. And if it wasn't their thing, that's fine. Right. I don't need to do that. Well, right. If- like, I don't need to push it on somebody, but I appreciate that they at least, like, want to do things with me like that. Uh huh. Um, Definitely, um, th- I guess like thing number one yeah. is just reach out to them. Okay. A lot of the times men don't get messaged, they do the messaging. Okay. All right. So especially if you're a woman, just reach out. Just okay. say hello. Okay. Because a lot of times women just don't do that. And, okay. For- or other people, friends, whatever. They just don't reach out to each other. Just, just, say, just say hello. Yeah. And the second thing is just like take an interest in the stuff they're interested in. Okay. And I don't know, buy them stuff based on that. That's my three <laughs> that's my three things you can do. So if you could categorize it as a love language, what would you say? I like I mean my my love language is gift giving, so that's what I also like. Mm-hmm. But that's not for everybody. Because that's like true. men are not a monolith, which is right. kind of, yeah. That's okay. the underlying current. <laughs> so like I don't I really so, yeah. I don't really feel comfortable in like a whole episode where we're trying to talk about how like men are individuals and men yeah. are humans with their own feelings and thoughts. Yeah. To give some kind of general sweeping advice. Okay, that's fair. So, so Maybe saying, aside from just reach out. Okay, so definitely reach out. Um, try to take an interest in something that they have interest in too. Not necessarily change your whole life, but like try to find something that you can share a mutual interest in that you both can do together yeah and um possibly possibly buy them gifts or gift them something within that realm as well yeah actually yeah gift giving is nice because men don't get a lot of gifts okay that's fair that's fair um so i guess the question of this episode i'm gonna leave with our audience is um, how, how do you perceive emotional intelligence in men? Do you see it as often or not? And when was the last time you sat down and had like a heart to heart with 
a male in your life? Answer one of those questions. And just remember, men are people too. We love them. Um, and we can hopefully love them into the being less trashy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, most men are trash, but some of them try. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Well, I'm going to sign off this episode. It has been your lovely host, Ola. Miss. Lola, aka Lola. Um, the Hildiva. She will be returning to us in the next episode. But thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, have a good evening. <laughs> Bye.